Well, good morning, Life Church. How are we doing? Who? Yeah. Good to see you. All right. Somebody's fired up. Somebody got their Jesus juice from the cafe. Woo! <laughs> well, I'm Pastor Tom. Thank you guys for being here today. And Pastor Brian and Raquel are out of town, so I'm up. So you guys, hang on. We're going to have some fun here today, but we're also going to hopefully learn from God. So if we could uh, bow our heads and pray. Father God, thank you for your word. Thank you for your message today, Lord. Lord, you already know what we need, Lord. Speak to our hearts. Speak to our spirit. Help us to get closer to you in all that we do. Help us to receive your message today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Oh, man. I'm excited. We're going through, as you can see, the book of James. And um, uh, we, I hope you've been following along with us on our daily devotional that Pastor Brian has done. Uh, it's Monday through Friday, and uh, it's about a four or five minute devotional. He does a video, and then uh, going through that chapter in God's Word. Um, you know, just to give you a little backstory about the book of James, it's five chapters, and there's dozens of nuggets in there. It's just an amazing, amazing book. It was, it was a letter written by James about 40 to 50 AD after Jesus' resurrection, and it's often called by theologians the, New Test, uh, the, the Proverbs of the New Testament. And some have also think because of the time frame that it was the first letter written that's in the New Testament. So it's kind of cool. And there's a couple other little factoids that are kind of neat. One is uh, James is the brother of Jesus. It's kind of cool. And he's also the first uh, pastor of the church in Jerusalem. If you read the book of Acts, you will see that the first chapter, I think it's Acts chapter 2, the first ch- church starts, and uh, James was that pastor. And um, lastly, he was martyred. It means he was killed for the faith. I mean, there's, I mean he was um, <clears throat> for the cause, for the, for the cause of Christ. And there's nothing, I think, that illustrates more that Jesus was real and really the Messiah than his own brother uh, sacrificing his life for the church. I don't know about you, but I have a sister, and she's younger than me, and, and uh, if she came up to me and said, hey, listen, Tom, I just want you to know I talked to God, and he said I'm the Messiah, so you need to listen to everything I say, I'd be like, what you been smoking, girl? Uh, <laughs> so just, I know, that's just a testimonial to me, like, wow, he, James saw his brother um, crucified, and they saw him, more importantly, resurrected, and it changed his life. And led the church, and just an amazing story. The book of James, like, is one of my favorites of all time in the Bible. Um, it's because it's, you know, I, I judge books by the length, <laughs> how many pages there are. <laughs> I'm sorry, I know it's not right, but that's what I do. And I looked at that book years ago. Like, oh, I can read this one, and uh, <laughs> and I had no idea how great it was. And I, I don't know about you, but when I do something, I like to know what's next. Now, I'm not the best organizational person, and I'm not, you know, but I like to know what to do next. I like that. And about 30-something years ago, I kind of on a whim walked into a church service. Somebody invited me to, and I had no idea what I was doing, but I knew I needed to change some things in my life because I wasn't really living a good life. And I heard for the first time the gospel in a way that I could receive it. I heard the good news about Jesus and how much he loved me. And in that moment, it became personal. It became that he died for me. And um, I accepted him. I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> I was like, yes, I'm in. I want to, you know, and I wanted to change. I wanted to be a better person, a better husband, better dad. And, um, but I didn't plug in anywhere afterwards. I kind of wandered for probably over a decade. Uh, didn't have a church, didn't have a Bible, didn't have anything. I wasn't discipled. Nobody was kind of helping me along this path and really tried to figure it out my way. It didn't work too well. And, um, Gosh, 21 years ago now, I walked into this church, 
and everything changed. Because uh, people started to disciple me, started to sow into me, started to bless me, started to correct me, <laughs> started to love on me, but started to help me become better. And in the book of James, he says this, that God has a plan for us to become, and it talks about this idea of becoming a mature Christian, being perfect and complete, needing nothing. Ah, oh, the sound of that just makes you feel good. Being perfect and complete, needing nothing. And so I've arrived at that point, and <laughs> not. Hang around with you for a few minutes, you'll be like, oh my gosh, you got some work to do, Tom. <laughs> and that's true. God is still, God has got a lot of, he's like, oh, he's at it again. <laughs> um, so, you know, I thought, what better way to bring the book of James to life than to have him with us? So I started praying, and I got some other people praying, like, okay, but you need to resurrect James and bring him here to church so he can share his story. And lo and behold, here he is. Uh, blessed be you. <laughs> I feel like you need a robe or something. I feel like James probably a little skinnier. <laughs> Did a lot of walking around back in the day. <laughs> Didn't have no Dunkin' Donuts. James and John. <laughs> oh man! But this is Tyler DeBodino, and um, and you know he's he doesn't like to have fun or anything. You know. <laughs> And but Tyler and I were, were chatting a little bit and, and you know we have nicknames for I have nicknames for people that I'm close to and stuff and, and I call him TD because we both played football not together but you know different decades but uh, <laughs> and uh, um, and his name was Tyler D. I call him Touchdown Tyler TD and, and that got me thinking we were just chatting a little bit like you know do you think Jesus had a nickname for James you know you think like, like little J you know <laughs> Oh, they were from Nazareth, so like J Naz, or thinking like like B J, brother James, brother James, JD, James brother. All right, because Tom has all these nicknames for me, like T Dog and T D, and I'm like Tom. <laughs> I guess I'm too old for nicknames. I don't know. I guess I'm in that seniors category. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> so the book of James has got about it's got five chapters and it's got literally a dozen sermons in it. No, we're not going to go through those. Don't worry. <laughs> This is the last service, so we're like, yeah, we can do it. No, we're not going to do that. Um, but it's a book that really has changed a lot of, not only my life, but also Tyler's. I was talking to him this week, and I'm like, hey, dude, we're talking, like, we're, you know, I'm, I'm going to be sharing from the book of James, and his eyes lit up, and he said, Tom, I got to tell you, this book changed my life. And we were talking a little bit about it, and I said, oh, my gosh, you got to share your story with these people. So why don't you kind of share a little bit about how the book of James specifically impacted your life. I think it was, you were a youngster, right? Yeah. Well, you know, when you, uh, you brought it up, I think it was like Tuesday yeah. and you said you're doing James this week and, and it was funny and my eyes got wide when you brought it up because literally Monday I had just gone through for the several hours, the book of James with one, one of my buddies from my life group. We had literally just gone through the book of James, all five chapters on Monday. And he's like, Tuesday, he's like, Hey, you want to do the book of James? And I was like, love the book of James. And like, and I was telling him, I was like, you know, the first scripture that I memorized here at Life Church, you know, in kids' life, I think it was maybe it might have been Sunday school then, but, you know, we only had the one small room back then. And the first, the first ever scripture that I memorized was James 4, 7. And that's so humble yourself before the Lord, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. And, like, that one has stuck with me my whole life, you know, over 20 years now. And to this day, it's still on my phone as the background of my phone. And every time I open my phone and look up, and look at it, uh, there's James 4, 7 right there. Yeah. I think we got that slide up there if you guys want to know what it is. Yeah, there it is right there, yeah. 
That's such a good one. And you know, he said something powerful. He said he memorized the scripture. I don't know, when I was talking to him, I was like, oh my gosh. And I'm going to ask you guys a quick question. Have you memorized a scripture? Not to beat you up, not to get on your case, but do you have a scripture that you know, that you put, that it's in your heart, that you can pull out at any time? And, um, and it just, it's so appropriate that we're talking about this because, you know, God's word, I believe God's word, John says it, is alive. And there's something about it when you, it says faith comes by hearing. When you hear God's word, it does something for you. It does something to you. It blesses you. It encourages you. And that's what, at a young age, you memorize a scripture that impacted your life. Um, you know, in, in James, I just want to talk about one topic, and there's so many, but one that jumped out at me when I was reading it this week was this idea of wisdom. He says, if you want, you need wisdom, you know. He says it in five. If you need wisdom, ask our generous God, and he will give it to you. And he won't rebuke you for asking. You ever been at a point in life you had to make a decision, need some guidance or direction, you needed wisdom? Anybody ever need wisdom before? You know? Well, I can tell you, if you don't ask for wisdom, if you do some things, I can share, you some, share with you some train wrecks that I've done in my life. <laughs> you know? <laughs> but, you know, wisdom is something that God will give you. Now, my other question to you is, how do you ask for wisdom? What do you do? Well, most of us would probably, and I did for years, would say, I would pray. And there's nothing wrong with praying. It's praying is great. But God says that if you read the, the Lord's Prayer, he said, your will be done. And a lot of times when we pray for something, we're looking for wisdom, looking for direction or guidance, or we're faced with something, we already have a predetermined idea of how we want it to, to pan out, don't we? I want this, Lord, if you take, instead of your will be done. Because God might have a different way or different path for you in that same situation or same um, decision you have to make. And James even talks about that in verse 21. He says, Humble, humbly accept the word God has planted in your hearts for it has the power to save your soul. Humbly accept. So what he's saying is go to God's word. Jump in. You want to know something? You have, some, you have a decision to make? You need some guidance? Jump in his word. God wrote this word for us to give us direction, to give us guidance, to, to tell us what to do and how to do things. Humbly accept it. When I was reading that, I was like, that God had planted in your heart. Anybody here own plants at home? Okay, a few of you. Nobody wants to admit it because like, I think that we water them, honey. No, I, <laughs> that's me. My wife and I are not the best at it. We're all, and she's out of town, so she called, but we were talking the other day. She goes, did you water the plants? I'm like, uh, open up my bottle of water. Yeah, yeah, I did that. You know? <laughs> I didn't lie, but... But, you know, um, we're not the best at that. But you know what? what? If you take a plant and you nurture it, you water it, you put it in the sunlight, right? Make sure it gets sun. What happens to the plant? It flourishes. It grows. It produces fruit, maybe, or flowers, or whatever the plant does. It does well. But what happens when you don't do that? When you don't water it? You don't get, give it some sunlight? You don't take care of it? It withers and dies. And that's our responsibility. We are the... Uh, the, the nurturers of the word in ourselves. We, God gives us the word, and what do we do with it? Is it planted? Yes. Do we nurture it? Do we, do we meditate on it? Do we spend time on his word? Do we get to know it? And what if, if we do, we're going to be blessed, and if we don't, it's just going to die off, and we're going to forget it. So, and then you're thinking, well, you know, I'm not really sure. I don't know. I in, in my life, I could give you so many examples of decisions I made based on my brain and what I think was right. And I was talking to a young man recently, and he's like, hey, what you, I'm thinking about doing this, Tom. What do you think? And I was like, oh, 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 
I was like, let me explain something. <laughs> I was like, let me show you what I did when I did that. What happened to me when I did that? And his eyes were like, and he says, thank you. And it was a financial thing. He was looking to whatever. And I was, because I have a lot of experience in that. And I shared with him what happened when I did that. He was thinking about borrowing money. But I just said, go to God's word. Here's some scriptures. And, and that's what I'll do when people ask me. I'll, I'll maybe give them my experience. when I'll say, read God's word. I'll send you a scripture. Because that's what you need. Not what I think. And, um, but if you want to know, if you're getting something, some wisdom from God, it says in verse 17, the wisdom from above is first of all pure. It is also peace-loving, gentle at all times, and willing to yield to others. It is full of mercy and the fruit of good deeds. It shows no favoritism and is always sincere. See, this is kind of like a litmus test. If you're getting something from God, it's going to fit this parameter. You're not going to make a decision because you're angry at somebody or because you're fed up or because you're frustrated or because that's it, you've had it or whatever. No, that's not coming from him. Or he's also saying, what is he saying? Yield to others means he's expecting us to ask our brothers and sisters in Christ. He's expecting us to say, hey, I was so proud of that young man because he had the guts to ask me what he was thinking of doing. And he made the right decision. It's kind of cool. We're not supposed to just figure it out by ourselves. So that's the wisdom that comes from God. You know what James is doing when he's writing this letter? He's building a team. He's encouraging and training his team. In a sense, he's being a coach. Now, Tyler and I played football and played some sports, and, and it's kind of neat. And what does a coach do? A coach will direct you, right? He'll teach you how to do whatever it is you're doing. But he'll also do something very important. He'll push you to be better. He'll push you to get your best. He'll push you to become better. You know, I like to go to the gym. I know you can tell. Uh, <laughs> like, suck in the gut. <laughs> but, but I like to work out. It's fun. I mean, I've done that for years, and it makes you feel good. And, but when I work out, I worked out yesterday, and I was working out by myself, and there was some, everybody else in the gym seems younger than me. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, no, I'm not going to try to keep up with them. But I'm, I'm working out, you know, and, and, I, and when I'm by myself, I'm like, yeah, I think I'm good. I don't need to do an extra rep. I don't need to put that. I don't need to do that extra workout. But a few weeks ago, or a week or so ago, whatever it was, I was working out with a buddy, and it was like, how much you got in there? Well, I'm going to do that too. <laughs> I, I can do that. Now, sometimes I can't, but I'm going to push myself. I'm going to, it encourages me to work out with something. I mean, it encourages me, and that just, not just with working out, it works with everything. It works especially in our Christian walk that we are accountable to each other, that we're checking each other, that we're like, hey, when guys come up to me and say, Tom, you know, because my mouth can go, <laughs> and, Tom, and guys look like, Tom, when you said that, that was kind of, you crossed the line there. I'm like, oh, you're right, I'm sorry. Years ago, I would have told them something else. Uh, <laughs> but what James is doing is being a coach. So my first point, I hope you are taking some notes and following along in our app, um, but God's word coaches us. It does. It coaches us. It says in, in Psalms, guide my steps by your word. And James says this. He says, but if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you've heard, then God will bless you for doing it. See, God is a blessing. One, he's a rewarder. He wants to bless you, but he gives you instructions on how to get to that blessing. And he gives, you such, it gives us instructions on how to live our life. 
And when Tyler and I were talking, he started to share some of his story with me and it blew me away. I'm like, wow. And then he showed me how James, the book of James, impacted his life. And I said, man, you got to share the story with me. You got to share this to these people. They need to hear your story. So why don't you kind of share a little bit of your background and the impact James did in your life? Absolutely. So, you know, looking back on my life, I can, it's clear to me that God had his hand on me and that, you know, drawing close to the word and drawing close to scripture, drawing close to him was, was hugely impactful. You know, growing up, uh, I remember when I lived in New Jersey, at about six years old, I would go down the street by myself to church. I would, I would get up at six and go to Sunday school by myself. The church was only block, block and a half away, but I, I remember that. And um, in 2006, you know, I was part of the, the youth group here, the high school age youth group here. Um, and as a freshman in 2006, I got camper of the year at church camp that year. I, got, I remember getting camper of the year. And I remember, I remember, the, I remember God just showing up in this place during a worship night. And I remember at that point, I realized, I think my life has a calling towards ministry. You know, I think I'm supposed to be in ministry. I feel like, you know, it's, it's my job to, to help others, to preach, to serve. So I realized then, 2006, I was like, yeah, I think I'm, I'm going to be in ministry. I think that's what my calling is. I really like the book of James. I remember picking up the book of James and reading it and just be like, yeah, this is great. This is good stuff. It tells you, it tells you to do this. It tells you not to do that. It tells you to do this. It tells you not to do that. There's no parables. There's no sheep. Am I the farmer? You know, I was like, am I the farmer? Am I the plant? So like the book of James is very direct like that. And I loved it because I could just read it and internalize it. Um, I remember that in 2006, Tom, one of the things that I brought up to Tom was my journal. I have a journal from 2006, and the first entry in it is from the book of James. And it talks about being quick to listen and slow to speak and slow to become angry. And there's a few other scriptures in there, too. And apparently I was angry about something back then. Um, I didn't know. No. No, I didn't always know that, you know, like it says, like it says in uh, James verse 20, Human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. You know, I didn't always know that. I didn't always look at my problems as an opportunity for great joy, like it says in verse 2. And I especially wasn't asking God for wisdom when I myself was making bad choices, drinking and smoking and stuff in, like, high school. I remember at 15 years old, I uh, got kicked out of my house. Uh, and after spending a few nights on the streets and going to summer school, uh, I remember opening my Bible. I remember opening my Bible, and, and what I read in there, like, I started crying. Like, I started, like, I was really weeping, and I called my mom, and I just was reading her what I read in the Bible because it just hit me so hard. And, you know, eventually I got, I got back home. Uh, I had an alcoholic stepfather. Uh, he was verbally and, and sometimes physically abusive. Um, things started getting real bad at home for us when my my uncle, my stepfather's brother was staying with us. He was my Uncle Joe, and he wound up overdosing when he was with us. And it caused my, uh, it, it was hard on my stepdad. And I noticed him going downhill then. I noticed things getting bad. I noticed his drug addiction more. He had a very addictive personality. He was an alcoholic. But I started noticing his drug addiction, uh, whatever he could get his hands on, you know, it was like pills and, and you know, everything, really. Um, we started selling drugs together when I was in high school. You know, he got his hands on a bunch of drugs, and he and we just started selling drugs together. Uh, he couldn't hold down a job. He wound up losing his job, and he couldn't hold down a job. Um, he wound up getting kicked out of our apartment building for vandalizing it 
while he was under the influence. I remember the landlord told my mother that my brother, her and I could stay. Uh, he had to go. And after a few more months of him not being able to hold down a job, um, he wound up back in New Jersey where we're from. And under the influence, he robbed his store and he went to prison. He uh, armed robbery and he wound up in prison. And um, him and my mom got divorced the summer before my senior year. And I remember the senior year was my hardest year. It was the hardest year I had. We ended up losing our car. We ended up losing our apartment. Uh, we had to move from Portland to Westbrook. You know, just my mom couldn't do it all on her own. That was the furthest I ever felt from God. I remember making bad choices that year. I remember not coming to youth group. I remember not coming to church. I remember actively choosing to not come. And I, I remember I was getting far away from God. Uh, my mother made some bad choices that year, and she got herself arrested. And so at this point, you know, both my parents are in jail. I remember around that time I got a call that said my mom was going to have to stay in jail for an extended period of time. Uh, that the state was taking my little brother, DHS was taking my little brother to be put in foster care. And um, my girlfriend called me and broke up with me uh, in about five minutes. I remember I dropped down to my knees and I thanked God and I started crying. <laughs> and I started crying and I thanked God. I thanked him just for the air in my lungs, for the sunshine, for just being able, just being alive, just being alive, for this opportunity to be alive. And I remember crying in front of my friends because we were playing basketball, and they were like, what are you crying about? And I was like, these are tears of joy. These are tears of joy. All the things that happened to me in my senior year after my mom went to jail will forever convince me that God is real, that he's a rewarder, that he loves me, that the people around me are his biggest asset. They're my biggest asset. They're our biggest asset. You know, I, I, I remember deciding that God is real. I remember deciding that there's no way anybody's ever going to change my mind about it. You know, all the blessings that came from that, it's just completely obvious. You know, in the time I knew it, and looking back, I can see how his hand was on me at the time. But it will forever reassure me that God is real. Hmm. Thank you for sharing that, man. Yeah. <clears throat> ever have a tough day? <laughs> and, and, you know, I listened to Tyler's story this week, and I didn't know all the details. Um, it kind of convinced me that I'm not ever going to have a bad day. Um, and he said a couple things in that story, you know, like with that scripture, James, we said that, you know, choose, consider it an opportunity to choose for great joy. Consider an opportunity for great joy. What is he saying? Is that it's a choice. It doesn't, he's not saying that the thing that you're going through, whatever the challenge is, it's not the thing that gives you full of joy. You know, you, you, he lost, he was homeless. Oh, UPA. You know, he, he wasn't talking about, well, good. So, I gotta tell you, sometimes it's hard for me to share that story. And, and part of the reason it being hard is because, like, some people do, like, you know, they give me the, oh, that's, it was really tough on you. It was really hard on you. You know, I can't imagine what that was like going through. And sometimes it was. But, like, I look at it back then as I'm not the victim, I'm the victor. You know, I look, I see the blessing looking back and seeing how God had his hand on me and seeing the people he put in my life that I'm the winner here. Like, I've won. Wow. Amen. What a perspective. <clears throat> so, like I said in that scripture, we have an opportunity to make a choice. Consider an opportunity for great joy. What, now, again, it doesn't mean everything he went through was joyful, was fun, was easy. No, it was very hard. It was challenging. And some of the things we go through in life are challenging, are hard. We don't even understand why. But there's always a silver lining. 
See, what James is saying is look for the opportunity for great joy. Look for what you can glean from it. Look for what, how you can learn. Look for how you can grow. And, you know, when we were talking about it this week, we, we, I think Tyler said it. So, you know, he said, life, our life is a test. It really is. Our life is a test. If you're taking notes, please, and I hope you are, uh, follow that in. Our life is a test. It really is. I mean, the older I get, the more I realize I don't have much time left. Don't worry, nothing's wrong. <laughs> no, no. It's just, I'm getting older. I'm, I'm going to be pushing 60 here pretty soon. And nothing, not that that's old, but I'm on the tail end. I'm not in the beginning, you know, of my life. And it seems like everything's going faster. Years are going faster. And that's great. It's okay, you know, because I know where I'm going. And eternity is a long time. And I'm okay. I have whatever time, whatever God calls me, I'm ready. This life here, if we can look at it as a test, we can look at it when, when struggles hit us, when challenges come knocking at our door, when our car breaks down, or, or when something happens financially, or something happens relationally, or something happens health-wise, or something, whatever the challenge might be, work-wise, you name it. You can fill in the blank. You've all gone through stuff. If you've been alive at all, you've gone through stuff. What if, instead of saying, ugh, getting angry, I mean, he could have been mad, could have been mad at everybody, he could have been mad at God. He could have been mad at everything or everyone. He said some friends of his, I think we were talking, chose that path. Some of them are not even here today because of that. Some of the bad choices that they made. But he chose, no, 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 I'm going to thank God. I'm going to thank him for the basics. You know, I pray every morning, thank you, God, for this day. Another day to serve you and others. Because some people didn't wake up this morning. And it just, you know, that's the, imagine if we looked at things that way. Not that we enjoy the challenges, not that we enjoy the struggles or the, the testing, but that we're looking for what God can do on the other side of that, how he can teach us, how he can grow us through it to become perfect, complete, and needing nothing, like he says in James. You got something else? Yeah, it was like, um, just going off what you were saying, when I was uh, working with the youth group, you know, you tell the kids, you can't choose what happens to you cannot choose all the time what happens to you. You can only choose how you respond. You can only choose what your response is. Right. Amen. Nuggets from James. <laughs> and, I, and God says this, in the, and James actually said it uh, in God's word. said, God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. Afterwards, they will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. See, God is a blesser. He's a warder. Doesn't mean he's going to not let you go through things. No. Going through things, and this might be hard for some of you to realize, are necessary. Why? Because who we become through it. I, you know, I've had years in my life that things have just gone smoothly, gone great. It was easy. What did I learn during those times? If I'm honest, probably not much. When do I learn the most? When I'm faced with a, tr a struggle, when I'm faced with a challenge, a temptation, or something that I, I'm, I, whatever that I'm faced with, that's when I grow the most. That's when I learn the most, because I have a choice to go to God and say, help me. Where can I find it in your word, what I need to memorize, or I need to stand on, or whatever it is. And that's so true. I have grown more and more personally, and Tyler can attest to it with his story, because of the stuff that we went through. See, God has a plan for us, you know? You know what his plan is? is to make us more like his son. Now, some of you hear that say, oh, I'm going to be Jesus. No, that's not what he's talking about. You're not going to be Jesus, but be more like Jesus. 
Look at Jesus' life, how he conducted himself, his integrity, his character, his generosity, his love for us. Paul wrote this, while we were sinners, Christ died for us. He already knew that we were going to make some bad choices. And he still said, I'm still taking Tom's spot. I'm still going to pay the price for Tom. It's even hard for us to comprehend, right? That's how much he loves us. That's how much he cares for us. That's, and look at his life. He, he was a forgiving person. I mean, it's just so many examples that Jesus has given us. That's God's plan for us, is to make him more like Jesus. And that leads me to my, my next and last point, that our life has a purpose. Our life has a purpose. And James gives us a clue, and how do we know that? He says this, what good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you have faith, but don't show it in your actions? See, that plant that we talked about that is being nurtured, that's growing, it's going to produce something, whether it's a flower or fruit or whether it's going to look good or whatever, oxygen, I don't know. It's going to produce something. There is going to be a result from our faith. James talks about genuine faith. He said faith without works is dead. doesn't mean that you earn salvation all that through works, no. But you, have, there's a, you can't help it but want to do something for God. After he has touched you, he has impacted you and changed your life. Pastor Brian said this years ago, I never forgot it. He says, when you say yes to Jesus, he comes in your heart and he moves the furniture around. He changes things in your life. And it's so true. It is so true. And you can think, well, what does God want me to do? He wants you to be open to him and the, and the tasks that help the mission. And as somebody I was talking to, you know, recently about God, and it's like, how, why did he create us? And, and I said, well, listen, God wasn't in his laboratory one day. He wasn't mixing some elements and fooling around, and poof, he created a human. And he goes to Jesus, oh my gosh, look at this. What are we going to do? <laughs> That's not how it goes. He said that he knew us before the world began. He already had a purpose for all of us. And his purpose is to be part of his mission. And there's so many ways you can do it. You can plug in by being part of a dream team. Plug in here. Do you know that God has put gifts and talents in each one of you to use for his kingdom, to use for his ministry, to use for his mission to help other people? It could be like little Lexi out there making coffee. She's like 12 years old. She says, I got this. I just I love her, man. I'm like, would you like a coffee? I'm like, sure. <laughs> she's on it. Oh, she's such a doll, but you know, she's, she's plugged into her mission. So many of us maybe haven't done that, haven't figured that out. One way to figure that out is by here. And then by responding, like Tyler was talking about, responding when people have needs in front of you. I could spend an hour just talking to you about how God has used me, not because I'm anything special, just because I said yes. I'll give you a couple examples. Recently I was, I think it was last Monday, we had his group meets here, Monday night mine meets in the foyer. And ours, we always know when Tyler's group's here because we have lots of food and they come and eat it. And, no. <laughs> Young adults, right? right. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> give a bro hug after. But, um, but you know, we, I left and I was going to Cumbria's because I had to get some gas. And, and it was kind of an interesting interaction that happened. I'm getting gas and I look over and this gal comes over and walks at me. She goes, can I talk to you? I'm like, okay. Seems weird. 
And she started sharing what, she was, going, what was going on in her world and her and her, I think her husband and she had a, a, little, a young boy that were in the car and they just had enough money for gas and they were trying to, they just lost their house or apartment or something like that and they needed $11.22 to be able to pay. That's, they were short and they wouldn't take credit cards. And the, I said, okay. And I don't carry cash on me because my wife won't let me. Um, <laughs> there's some truth to that. <laughs> but I don't have any cash on me. So I'm like, oh my gosh, what do I do? And, and, and you know, and my, my first thought for me, I'm thinking, okay, you can buy drugs or what's going on. But no, no I, I saw our family and I was like, oh my gosh, this is real. And, and I also, God nudged me like, no, this is your time right here. This is your time to do something, okay? So I didn't have any money. So I was like, well, I'll give you a credit card. And it didn't work. So I, I, I knew there were some young people from your group that were still in the, these kids, they talk forever, these kids, you know? And they're in the parking lot socializing and I called a couple of them and, one guy, young guy, actually Trevor, who's playing keyboards today. And I said, hey, I say, you still at church? He goes, yeah, I'm just leaving. And my next line was, do you have, any, you have 20 bucks? <laughs> He's like, uh, yeah. You know, like, uh, I'm at Cumbies. And I'm like, uh, what? You know? <laughs> Whatever, and I told him what was going on. This gal, and he's like, "I'll be right there." And he he scoots over, and he comes over, and he gives me the twenty bucks, and I introduce her to him, and we're talking, and we pray right there in the middle of getting gas <laughs> in Gumby's, and it was awesome. And um, and and then I saw her walk, you know, and I get back to my car, and Trevor leaves, get back to the car, and she, uh, and I hear her say, her husband goes, "What happened?" And he goes, "This older gentleman." Um, <laughs> I'm not sure if she exactly said that. I think that's what I heard. But, <laughs> but you know, she said, help me out. She was telling the story, and then we laughed, and it was great. And, you know, and it's just being available. I was at Hannaford the other day, and I shared this with our life group, and, and um, you know, I was, in a, I was on a mission. Ever go someplace, and you got to get stuff done because you got things to do. You know, come on, it's important. And I, I needed to get this particular vitamin. And there was this older gal there that was in front of where exactly I needed to go. And my initial thought was, I'm going to go, I'm going to go do other stuff and I'll be back. But I have all this like nudging, like, no, no, just be still. Just, just stay here for a second. I did. And then she read, and it was like five minutes, and then she, read, she was reading every line of every label. <laughs> and it was like 10 minutes, and then, I, it could be less, I don't know, it seemed like that. And then she looked up, she was, oh, hi. And she started telling me she was looking for the same thing I was. It's going to help her friend who has just started chemotherapy. I'm like, oh, okay, God, here it is. All right. I wasn't really paying attention. Sorry, I was on my mission. He's like, I know, I got, he, God is like, okay, God, like, Tom, I, I, just, just listen up. You know, <laughs> just, I got this. And she started sharing me in, and, and then she's like, she's talking like I'm a doctor. Do you think I should have this many milligrams? I'm like, I feel like saying, I'm, a, I'm not a doctor, but I play one on TV. And I, I didn't do that, you know, but... I was like, you know, all I can tell you is what I do and why I, I have this for my joints and stuff. And, and she's like, oh, okay, and this is what I take. And, but it, I, you know, I don't know. And, so, and then she told me, and I asked her some questions about this woman that was going um, for, I guess, starting chemotherapy and got her name. And I said, I'd pray for her. And I said, oh, really? And I said, yeah, I go to Life Church. She said, oh, great. And, and then she told me about her friend who goes to Life Church. And all this stuff started to happen. I said, we'll definitely pray. And I put her friend, her name is Lori, who's, I don't know who she is, but she's, if you want to pray for her, do it. She's going through cancer treatments and put on the prayer team and all. And, you know, and, and in that moment, it was what? A couple minutes? I stopped responded to God and was part of his purpose. Not because, again, come on, it's not because of me. Hang out with me, you'll figure that out, trust me. I'm like, you know, how does he make it in life? I don't know. But, <laughs> I'm married. But, 
true. But no, but, but it just, I was open. I was, because you know, I know that God has a purpose for my life. And it's not about what I want. It's about what he wants. And honestly, I didn't feel like spending that time. And I'm so glad I did. And Tyler, when he was younger, he was saying that he was the recipient of people helping him, you know, giving him rides to church or whatever it was that you were saying before. And, and you know, and, 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 and just share that experience a little bit because it was so cool. Yeah. So, you know, looking back on it, like I can't overstate how impactful this was on my life. The actions of other people, the actions of people here at the church, how they came together. Uh, when I first came to Life Church, and it was like 2000 for Easter. Uh, I loved it. I wanted to come here. I absolutely loved it. But my family, we didn't have a car. I, was in, I think I was in third grade at the time. Uh, we didn't have a car. Um, I ran into my bus driver, Bob, though. He came to the search, Bob Nadler. I ran into him here, and my aunt was the one who, who wanted to bring us to Easter service that year. And uh, I really loved the church, but we didn't have a car. My aunt wound up speaking to Bob Nadler and saying, you know, Tyler, he really loves it here. He loved the children's ministry. His family doesn't have a car. Bob Nadler started picking me up for church. And, you know, I imagine the sacrifice for him, you know, I had to come from Scarborough to Portland to Gorham, drop me back off Portland, then you go home to Scarborough, you know, plus whatever else he was doing. But, uh, you know, that was a huge impact on my life. And I remember even after I moved, there was people from Life Church that would bring me to church all the way from third grade to we got our first family vehicle, I think, in seventh grade. But then even then, it's not like my parents were, like, coming to church. And, um... So there would people, there'd be people who brought me to church and continue to get rides from churchgoers. And like, I cannot, over, cannot overstate how impactful that is to me to this day. Like those people who, who went out of their way to come get me, to drop me off. You know, it's not like I could give them any money. It's not like I give them gas money or anything. Like, and, but, but they did. They picked me up. They dropped me off. You know, sometimes they take me out to eat afterwards, just like fellowship with me. You know, and, and yeah, right? I was like, all right. And, uh, but, you know, between that, you know, the rides, other things, the things that happened my senior year, you know, when my mom wound up going to jail, the landlord, like, kicked us out, like, that day, who kicked me out that day, uh, there was somebody from Life Church who literally, like, as I'm outside my apartment, he comes and gets me, he's like, you're coming with me, you're coming to stay with me, and he lived in Portland, where I was going to school, and I was able to finish my senior year at, in Portland and graduate, you know, not to mention I was class president at the time, so prom, graduation, all the stuff I had to think about, and, and he really helped me, and him and his wife did everything they could to make sure I got into college, which I did. I did get into college, and, and that summer, even, I stayed with my youth pastors. I stayed with my youth pastors that summer. They got me a good job, you know, working, working with him in gray. He got me a good job. Uh, it wasn't easy moving out of Portland at the time and not having a vehicle and, you know, not being able to see my friends. But that summer, I had a, I had a blast that summer, you know. And, you know, he made, his, he made his kids give up their room. Like, he had four kids in one room. They had four kids in one room, and I got the other room in, like, a three-bedroom house. So, you know, it was definitely a sacrifice on their part, even. And, but... I had such a great summer, and I got so close to God. And like I, I mentioned before, like I absolutely 100% said yes to God. Mm -hmm. Absolutely 100%, no way anybody's going to convince me that God's not real, that he's not out there looking out for me. And I really understand that it's, it's through the people, through people that he works, that really, like, you know, when God's putting it on your heart to do something, you may not know how impactful that is going to be for the person who you're helping. And for me, you know, it's people from Life Church that have come together, time and time again throughout my life to really prove to me that, that 
there's love here, that they love God, that God loves me, that they're willing to say yes. And through that, you know, I'm willing to say yes. I'm willing to, like, I know that I can help other people. When I came back from college, I started helping out in the high school youth group with my, with my youth pastors. And, um, you know, I was like, I can definitely help these kids. I know I got a story or two or something, a way, a direction for them to go. I can definitely help. And uh, there was a girl who walked in who was uh, also a leader. She was older. And I remember my youth pastor being like, why don't you go coach her? And I did. And that, that girl became my wife. <laughs> she we've, coached him, I think. <laughs> we've been married. We've been married five years, but it was Bob Nadler who, who married us. Yeah. You know, Bob Nadler went from That's me awesome. getting a ride on Easter 2000. I really loved it, and him picking me up, to him um, marrying me and my wife. Um, I've been blessed here to be able to lead the high school ministry, and and help out kids, and you know, give rides, obviously. <laughs> And I'm also blessed to be able to, to do the young adults ministry here on Monday nights at 6.30. And it's just absolutely amazing the blessings that God has given me and the opportunities that God has given me to help other people. And, and I absolutely love it. I wouldn't have it any other way. Fantastic. Let's give him a hand. He did a great job, huh? Thank you, Appreciate So as we wrap up, now I hope you glean some stuff from the book of James, but also from Tyler's story. And, you know, there's, there's a lot to learn, obviously. But um, just a couple things I just want to remind you. Do you have a scripture? Do you have part of God's word implanted in you? Do you have, if not, that would be a goal for you. You know, Pastor Brian set up this daily devotional, not because he needed to hear himself again, <laughs> not because he needed to do something. He did that because he loves you. Because he knows and we know that, that the word of God John says it's, it's alive. The word of God impacts us more than anything in our lives. And we need a daily dose of that. That's why he does that. So I'm asking you to make a commitment. If you haven't done it yet, put that app on your phone and click on daily devotional. It takes about five minutes to listen to him, go through a, just one section maybe of that chapter that we're going through. I think we're starting Galatians or just started that. And, and then listening and reading the word and this just, it is worth it making commitment. He, again, he did that for you because he loves you and he wants you to be impacted like he has and like we all have by God's word. Next thing to know is that, you know, God, God's word is coaching us. And that's why it's so important. He's going to direct our paths if we let him and he's going to help us. He's going to save us from some of those pitfalls and some of those traps of life. And then put your head on with this, you know, an understanding that life, our life is a test. And if we look at it that way, with those kind of lenses, how's, how are you going to react to something? How are you going to respond to something that happens to you? Because life is going to happen, right? And lastly, are you plugged in? Do you, have, you, you know that God has a purpose for your life? Like Tyler said, his goal, his calling is to be in ministry. And I believe it's going to happen. He's already started that process. He is. He's already started that. And he has a plan and purpose for you. Plug in and you'll have so much joy. You won't be able to contain yourself. Sometimes we don't even know what to say. We just go, oh, because we're like, what God is doing is just amazing. And he has that for you too. So if we could, let's bow our heads and close our eyes as we end our service. And I just want to ask you, for those of you maybe that have never made that step and devoted to your life, not only to Jesus, but also to his word, I want, I want to ask you, I want to kind of push you as a coach would do to make that commitment today. Say, yes, I'm going to do this. I'm going to give it everything I've got. 
I'm going to spend some time every day with God's word. I'm going to pray. I'm going to spend some time reading his word. It might not be hours, and that's okay. It could just be a few minutes a day. Because we know it's going to make an impact in your life. Lord Jesus, we ask that everybody here that hears my words or hearing your words, and they step up their game in whatever area that we talked about today, or even if something that you just put in their heart that they have to work on. I don't know. You know. Just give them the resolve to do it. Give them the energy to do it. Give them the love for you. I want to please their dad. And we ask that in Jesus' name.